special guest who I'll introduce in just a second, but you are now listening to Activated, the Future of Content, the podcast about um, the future of content and creativity in Washington, <laughs> D.C. I have to get this drop down one of these days. Like, yeah. I feel so weird every time Like, I just roll it out when I really just want to start talking. Yeah. <laughs> but how y'all feeling today? Pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's get, let's get right into it. Our special guest today, what's your name? Our uh, name is Jordan. Jordan Labby. Jordan Labby. And Jordan, what do you do? Um, so I'm an artist, uh, writer, uh, painter as well. So, um, yeah, those are my primary. Okay. A little bit of a renaissance woman we got. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, welcome to Activated. We're so glad to have you. You know, um, we, you guys are always privy to what's going on with Candor, how we're moving, and how things are always progressing with us. So we recently brought Fatima onto the podcast to talk about her new role as creative director. And uh, Fatima has introduced us to a lot of cool folks because she's just a social butterfly. <laughs> and so Ma, she introduced us to Jordan and we've been enthralled by your art. Um, you know, really wanting to, you know, really sit down and talk with you because, you know, as we were just saying, we're feels people and we feel from your art and, and what we see. So before we get into that and like kind of your story, how you, um, you know, came into doing your art, how do you sharpen your skills and things? Uh, we have this tradition where we do our three gratefuls. Mm. Um, every morning we talk to each other, we send out these things. We actually haven't been sending it as much as we yeah, need to. Maybe we need to get back on We need to get back that. on that. I like it. Yeah. Like the sound of it. I don't even know what it is yet. So. Yeah, so every morning, you know, we reach out to each other and say, what three things that we're grateful for. Mm. Sometimes we're in the field. Sometimes it's as simple as, you know, I'm grateful for showers and coffee. Mm. You know, but um, I'll start first. You know, we'll each <coughs> name one, okay. of, one of our gratefuls. But um, this morning... I am grateful for um, words of affirmation. (laughs) 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 Because um, we had an interesting conversation in our chat yesterday about uh, love languages. And um, it kind of fell into um, another conversation that we had later on that afternoon. But it really made me think about like what keeps me going and what I want from people. My girlfriend is a gift giver and she's very consoling with things, but she, she's at affirmations. That's like the second one for her. But, um, you know, I'm not a gift giver. So like, that's how we kind of do things. But I'm also like a cuddler and I want to like, you know, make you feel well. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So, so that's, that's like what I'm really, and I've been having a tough week. Um, just, you know, entrepreneurship life, people not paying their bills. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so, you know, Words of affirmation definitely um, are important when you when you're doing living the life that we live. So that's what I'm grateful for. Um, I think I'm grateful for the people around me. Just as introverted as I am, I don't know what inspires me to sometimes talk to certain people, and I feel like I've done that a lot. Like when I met you, I talked to you about your water bottle. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. was our first. Oh, your flask yeah, water bottle. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, hey, I'm <laughs> nice to meet you. That was great. I love that. 
so and I've developed really great friendships from just like you know complimenting someone's water bottle and it and it's funny because as stupid as it sounds it's very sincere in that moment and yeah. it's not like I have an expectation of it developing into something more yeah. Um, but yeah I'm super grateful for the people around me and I feel like anytime I need a certain kind of support someone just steps in and it's pretty amazing that's awesome dope yeah so what are you grateful for this morning i have a lot of things flowing through my head (laughs) and they're all words but i think i'm grateful for the ability to be retrospective Mm. and say that yeah i could go on a whole spiel but i think yeah in hindsight a lot of things not only make sense but they like bring perspective to your entire life I think yeah I look at things as like kind of a a larger picture Mm -hmm. past present future trajectory and lately things that maybe a few weeks ago made like were like a black hole in my mind Mm -hmm. now we're like okay there's clarity right like actually there's understanding here so I think just yeah the the ability to be retrospective where I thought there was kind of no uh, no um, clarity of in, in, the, in the like you couldn't even outcome. anticipate clarity yeah for that. I mean I desired it but you know just certain things just you don't you don't know you, you don't know you can't quite like grasp and you're understanding whether it be relationships whether it be what your uh, trajectory is for your artistry or for your work life I think yeah just giving things time and being able to be retrospective about like what you initially didn't understand. Okay. I think giving things time. Ooh, yeah. that's Ooh. That's the whole thing. <laughs> Ooh. I'm going to love this time. episode, guys. Time. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, we're going to come back to retros being retrospective and I I always have a I always have to have a good question and I always make yeah. it on the fly when I'm on the show and I think I'm And it's always like when you're able to Put your thoughts together is always an amazing question. Yeah, so I'm working on that one. I'm working on that one for you. All right, bet. So let's get into more about Jordan Labby, who you are, what you do, and um, you know what you're the mark you're trying to make on the world. So, um, how would you describe your art? You know, I've looked at it. Fatima's looked at. It, I've actually shared it with a lot of people, but I don't want to put my words to what the artist put. So, what? How would you describe your work? Yeah, let's see. I would describe my work as uh, deeply meditative and reflective. Uh, so the style is abstract. My, my paintings are abstract, um, expressionism style, but I think my work itself is truly an expression of what I'm experiencing in the inner world and what I'm experiencing emotionally and kind of how I am taking on um, events in my life and conceptualizing conceptualizing them beyond the kind of more tangible mundane experience mm-hmm. um, poetry I like to say are my roots as an artist so I think words are just kind of foundational for me in that um, a lot of my writing is stream of consciousness or kind of theorizing mm-hmm. um, you know love of course is one thing that I write about a lot theorizing that understanding it breaking it down dismantling it I think that my work starts there um, and then to kind of bring a visual language to whatever that idea that I'm writing about or exploring is. Um, yeah, so I think it's, it's kind of an exploration yeah. of a few different things. 
That's really yeah. dope. Um, how has your upbringing kind of shaped the art that you put out? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. What is that? I would say my upbringing has definitely has a huge impact on me even being an artist. Mm -hmm. So I grew up um, in Annapolis, Maryland. Um, I actually was homeschooled for... Um, Interesting. Yeah, I was I didn't even know that. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See? So I was homeschooled <laughs> for, uh, up until high school. Okay. And so my mom is like very passionate about learning and education. Mm -hmm. um, she's a speech pathologist by profession, but she was a stay-at-home mom and like just really had the desire to um, yeah, raise us in uh, this really immersive learning environment yeah. and also um, faith-based environment. Mm -hmm. um, so I think, yeah, the spiritual and then this very like hands-on approach to learning, Interesting. Uh, I think allowed me to be, uh, allowed me to like, feed my creativity at a young age. Um, and, but I didn't really identify or like call myself an artist. I wasn't like drawing or painting. Well, actually I was. I found a book uh, that I wrote and like did illustrations mm. for like the other day and it was like about horseback riding because I used to yeah. ride horses when I was younger and it was like it was a full-on book it was like stapled wow. together and it was like the words and the pictures yeah. but I don't know for some reason yeah I didn't think of myself as like you know we talk about this a lot on the podcast about how many things that you do as a child feed your creativity or yeah. just like your balance when you're much older mm, like yeah. I feel like a lot of people that are in the entrepreneurship realm or just in the creative arts and whatever it is they opt to be the child that they always wanted to be or they opt to fall into that space so yeah. for example I used to draw and things like that as well but I always think back to I had an art class one time and the teacher goes, oh, draw a person. And the way that I drew a person was like a lot of lines. Do you guys remember Batman the Animated Series, randomly? Uh, no. Okay, so I used to copy. <laughs> I know I'm a super nerd, and Fatima never gets me. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just a fob nerd, so. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, I forgot. I'm trying to like, put the two together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I used to draw like, um, like that Batman series, very angular, line-driven stuff. Um, and I remember the, the teacher takes my paper and she goes, look at this, he used lines instead of everyone else used circles, you know, to draw your stuff. Yeah. Um, and as I grew older, I realized that that was like Romare Bearden's art, you know, and it was very similar. And mm -hmm. I was like, I was like, oh, wow. Or like, or Aaron Douglas, I believe, Rene Harlem Renaissance artist. But the art that I do now is still very similar, very angular, very uh, line driven. Mm -hmm. And um, it's crazy how like these ideas or these ways that I've interpreted art have always come back out mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah. So like I hear from you kind of like the way that you've interpreted art ha in life has fed exactly what your art is now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's cool. What yeah, puts you in the space to create? Mm -hmm. Puts me in the space to create. It's one of two things. It's either like an immediate need. It's either like a, kind of an impulsive need to get something out to express something or to understand something um so that happens often as uh, like with my writing and poetry mm -hmm. or it's I have there's a color or there's an image or there's a something in mind that connects to what I feel mm -hmm. that, that I want to like explore on canvas interesting yeah, so I think it's yeah it's a little bit of both it's a little bit of both it's either impulsive or it's like I've thought over the course of a few days about a color mm -hmm. or about a line or about a mantra or a phrase that I need to like put on canvas and make. You know, that's really cool because um, 
you sound like you have to be in tune with yourself Ooh. in order to <laughs> like yeah. produce yes. something. Um, and I often think about artists like you know you see artists that crank out like work like all the time and like you know artists can't have a lot of money they cannot have a lot of money right. but like you often think about like what are they doing it for and what are they... and so for you it seems like it's very one I, I know it's very authentic it's very yourself driven do you think here's a question for you as you've kind of like transitioned into like this hustle of art that you do now, where you're like now doing exhibits and you're trying to get people to support you and everything like that, yeah. how does it feel that you have to like dry dig into yourself in order to like move yourself forward? <laughs> or like, you know, just to be like a person? Oh yeah. That's probably been one of the most challenging, but also important parts of creating here and yeah. kind of making art my main focus um, and doing it daily, I think, yeah, I think it, it takes, I think you have to give yourself time, like we talked about time in more of a retrospective sense, but I yeah. think it's taking the time to like sit with yourself, meditate, moments of silence, yeah. moments of ease almost, yeah. so that when you do, for me, that the process of kind of being in touch with myself all the time and being in tune with my emotions is like intense. Yeah. So yeah. taking the time out for silence and for rest in yeah. a way almost fuels that in the, the intensity of the yeah. So it becomes process. natural. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's like, there's kind of a balance. Yeah, I yeah. think creating authentic work, like you're literally putting a part of yourself, and that's you know you're leaving yourself exposed in a lot of ways, and the process to get you to yeah that, that place, space. especially yeah. the kind of process that you're talking about, is really draining in a lot of ways yeah um so i think the pressure to create authentic work or to cu create work while maintaining your work's integrity is very different than just like creating work that's kind of contrived mm. um and yeah it's it's a very interesting balance to know that you have to do this work and this is, you know, you need this many pieces for a show and you have a certain amount of time to do yeah. it. Yeah. I've wondered about that because it makes me even think about like your, your live art, you know, when you go out and like somebody's just like drawing stuff out there. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's cool. But like, what is that person trying to express or were they just contracted to be here right. to produce this level of work? Um, but along those lines, do you find yourself trying to like practice or sharpen your skills in a way or is it just wholly natural expression like do you ever look and say like I want to do this better or like my line work needs to yeah. improve like what do you think of how do you work through that I think for me I think a lot about color theory mm. so I think that's the way in which so far I think for my visual work thinking about color um, mixing new colors thinking about um, still the emotive piece and kind of the, na the natural the instinctual part mm -hmm. of the process um, and I think yeah I think there's like a, the, a natural progression of sharpening skills as I right. work more and as I develop a certain um, yeah, visual language but I, I think for me as an abstract artist most of the pro most of the process is in the moment but there are certain um, there are certain aspects of, of it that I try oh. to attune to and kind of sharpen yeah okay cool yeah. Was there, you mentioned your mother and kind of your upbringing as being influential yeah. um, and kind of your thought process and therefore your art. Is there anyone else that was influence, like influential like that in your 
creative journey and how do you emulate them in any way? Like, yeah. do you have one of those people? Hmm, that's hard. I feel like there's a few. Hey, give them all, give them yeah. whatever comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I would say my college professor, um, Ray Barnes, painting professor, okay. I really enjoy his approach to um, the art world and kind of uh, mentoring me through kind of just how to, how to approach my work and how to, how to create a sense of um, kind of how to give how to give people something to read into with mm -hmm. your work and that resonated with me as a writer mm. as well as a creative um, and just I just loved his, his approach very one-on-one -on -one, very again I use the word immersive a lot but yeah. just very holistic about my work if he saw me doing something and he had an artist or art reference he would literally pull up the YouTube oh, wow. video be like watch this I'm gonna send you this article um, that's dope and then also Kurt who's here mm -hmm. has been a huge influence in a similar way references and books and articles and just kind of like coming from a really encouraging place um, yeah. in what I'm doing affirmation affirmation yeah so many affirmations to what I'm doing but also like simultaneously challenging me to kind of push further um, what I know and what I can kind of gain um, in the process so, interesting yeah because I'm I'm a little bit again organic kind of in the moment yeah. so i need a little bit of structure i need so i need i thrive off of like a little bit of direction and challenge yeah um because i get kind of lost that's a word that's a word <laughs> you're like going in too many directions yeah lost in the process in the very best way mm -hmm. but i think yeah. that can it has it's twofold yeah you can kind of placehold yourself mm -hmm. in that space yeah yeah but I've been fortunate to have people that like push me a little further. I hear that a lot about yeah. artists in general. I mean, like growing up, you always hear like artists are flighty or they're always like into the arts and they're never really about structure and everything. And mm -hmm. they always need like those other people to structure things out for them. Yeah. Um, but I think I've, I've never really felt it was that. I always felt it was you have people that are kind of just outside of your, they see what you don't see. Yeah. You know, you need people to kind of move towards that and those people that support those people are important because you're helping the rest of the world see something that's not there that's the driven of art art is revealing the truth of something that's really going on or that's really mm -hmm. right in front of you i just said that yesterday i was like art is it this is the truth this is the only truth it's the it's, it's yeah you know because everything yeah i could i could go on and on but i think things like in the real in the real world uh -huh. are like there's a sense of fabrication, there's a sense mm -hmm. of order that's necessary, but when it comes down to purpose and spirit and what you're passionate about and what you want, like how you want to leave your mark, mm -hmm. like art is that, or it like compels you to think about that. It's a big question time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, I believe that creativity is the highest form of spirituality because God created and so when you build things chills, chills. <laughs> that's ready. great yeah so that. when you're putting things together you're directly manifesting that and in the world that we live in you know you have like you mentioned there's so many things that keep us away from manifesting you know um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs mm -hmm. if you're focused on these things at the bottom you're not going to be able to see past all of the things that get you to the top so 
and thinking about your how your creativity your in that spirituality is tied together but also when you think about purpose and how those come together and now you've taken what your highest spiritual being does mm -hmm. and align that to what can ultimately sustain your life moving forward right. so I guess what I'm saying is how do you feel when you look at everyone else what do you think is missing <sighs> that's a really good question by the way when I look at it with all that in mind. Like, with all that in yeah. mind. Yeah. Oh, man. The word that comes to mind, and I'm going to speak to it because I do, I believe in that same higher sense of spirituality and um, manifestation of things. Because manifestation is something that you, you need for your inner spirit. Mm -hmm. And you come to know that you need that thing. And you meditate on it and you pray on it and you your, your higher self your spiritual body knows that you need this thing right, right? That you need this healing that you need this time that you need mm -hmm. to um, detach or that you need to love more so i think but the word that came to mind was vision mm. okay i think that is the missing yeah State your question again. What are people? What are people missing out on? Like, what are people? What are people yeah, I think it's vision, and yeah. I think vision isn't sight. It's not what you see in front of you. Vision is is something in that spiritual realm, or yeah. in that beyond yourself realm. Mm. You know, and I think it's hard to tap into that. It's hard to think about where you need to be in that space yeah. Yeah. in order to be your best. Not only to be your best self, right? Not, not only just not just to self-love or to those mm -hmm. things are great um, I don't mean to minimize those things but I think to truly achieve what your purpose is you have to be in touch with that that higher self and that spiritual um, part of yourself and I think I think there are a lot of things in us that need healing as people mm -hmm. like I think everyone needs to heal a certain part of them and so I think in getting in touch that's that's kind of the purpose yeah. Heal so that you can love better. And so Fatima better. and I talked about this just yesterday about feeling your pain, and how <laughs> we are on the same wavelength. I love it. And how, like you know, you talk about self love, and self love can be, it can be downplayed to I'm just going to sit here, I'm going to drink, I'm going to smoke, mm -hmm. I'm going to mindlessly play video games, I'm going to mindlessly do whatever makes me feel comfortable, yeah. and not address what. Is really bothering me because I feel like it's a lot easier to look for those escapes and engage in those escapes and distractions because it's like a temporary relief but if you do enough of it you can kind of like cloud your judgment and almost put a veil over what you actually need to deal with right. um, and I think that's another kind of pain dealing coming working through your own shit to come to a point where you can really tap into that core and yeah. try to understand what your purpose is 
is painful in a very different way and it's sort of like divorcing certain parts of yourself that have and I think we've talked about this mm -hmm. before that have done something good for you at a certain time but they don't serve you anymore mm -hmm. but it's still a very that's still very much a part of you mm -hmm. so there's piece. yeah so yeah. there's like that inner conflict um, and it's really difficult to navigate yeah yeah that's why in the beginning of our conversation when you said the words retrospective and introspective, it's like, like if you were to ask me what, is, what are people missing out on, it's that. It's really? the self-reflection. Mm. You know, just to sit back and say yeah. like, I fucked that up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it doesn't oh, feel good. Like it yeah. doesn't The accountability of that, the accountability yeah. of your emotions. Yeah, the ownership piece. It sounds like you're talking about that ownership piece. Exactly. Because, yeah, we can't like, I know for sure when I'm retrospective, I'm not seeing myself in a perfect in light. A perfect light, any, exactly. Oh yeah. man, you see it all, you feel it all. <laughs> yeah. You, you want to be honest about it. You see the downfalls, you see the pain, you see exactly. the brokenness. Exactly. But then you reach a like, you get a little bit further ahead, and you can look back at those same things that you felt that same pain about, and and see a little bit of light. So, yeah, because it's always there. It's like the light would not exist without the dark side of it. Mm -hmm. Love, what did I like the other day? Love shines, um, love shines really brightly in the darkness. Mm. Yeah. It's quiet in the light, loud in the dark. Yeah. Big bars, <laughs> big bars. I have, a meta, I have a question for you guys. This is something that my parents have always asked me. We like to theorize about random things. And, where does the light go when the dark comes? Or no, where does the dark go when the light comes? I just take a deep breath for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, where does the Where does the dark, dark go, go when the, when light, the light comes? comes. Um, it's a yeah. big one, right? I think it it's dissipates. It dissipates. Dissipates into the unknown <laughs> like it just disappears like it I think just... it dissipates into the unknown almost like evaporates mm. that's how I I don't know that's, that's my thought I think it stays it just takes a back seat because there's something more powerful and mm. more compelling mm -hmm. mm. I think I'm aligned more with you it's like still there I think about how like if you were to shine a light right here right there's still a shadow you know yeah or like under it there's still that exists that like it has to be there that and we talk about balance it's like for everything that's light that you've overcome you still know that that darkness is still there yeah yeah that and you learn from to like find that. light I don't think darkness is such a bad thing it's not it's kind of necessary mm -hmm. and it does like it it exists everything in this world exists for a reason the darkness exists for a reason too mm -hmm. and you know it's fulfilling its own purpose sure indeed yeah that's good i like that no i actually do really like that see i love having artist talks <laughs> <laughs> because it's the it's the feels it's the feels you know it's yeah like... this room if if someone who is you know who can feel energy walks into this room right now the energy is good. Yeah. 
Energy's strong. It's yeah. very strong. I think that's been that's been the court that's been the last few days actually. Yeah. It's very mm-hmm. strong energy. Um, very tangible. So I wanna go back a little bit. Yeah. When did you get how did you one get to the point where like I know it can be hard to really show your emotions through your art mm-hmm. to people. So like can you take us back to like that first instance where someone like kind of gave you the affirmation and said like wow I really want to show more of myself or more of my work in this way Mm -hmm. and then on the other side of that how did you know that this was like the right thing for you to pursue and do Hmm. I think um I think for me it started off sharing my poetry my writing with close friends Mm -hmm. um yeah and kind of having discussion like around it like whoa that part really like resonated with me just realizing that art connects the people in different ways it was like really compelling like wow i mean i wrote this here for like for my self-expression right and then i'm sharing i'm deciding to share it and it's bringing this reaction so that was really like encouraging for me to keep writing and creating and then painting paint i started painting actually during a challenging time um where my dad was diagnosed with cancer and i ended up kind of in the studio with my friend who was taking a painting class mm. kind of randomly yeah and decided to start painting and um it was just a release for me yeah yeah it was like a very um very cathartic release absolutely uh, and so i just kept doing it and it became i think it like took on different meaning for me once i started to think about it as a similar form of expression to writing and to um, having like some form of voice mm. yeah Dope, dope, dope. Yeah. What do you think is the greatest lesson learned? I love it. It's going to be good to hit you after like all this conversation oh, be back. <laughs> greatest lesson learned. Just in life. Take it as you would. Take it as Take. you will. Big bars. Yeah. And it should build us more than it breaks us. Absolutely. To strengthen another muscle, right? Yeah. Yeah. It should build us more than it breaks us. But the break, I'm kind of still salty at the breaking part because that that stuff is real. Dark. (laughs) It's real. Yeah. Um, But. And that actually was like a revelation that I got when I was really young. And mm. it just came it just came back to my consciousness in this moment. But I was like high school and um I feel like God like spoke that to my heart at a particular time where I don't even remember the exact circumstances, I just remember the the words. Yeah. Yeah. Love breaks us to rebuild us properly. Big bars. I love <laughs> that. Big bars. All right. We've been in the fields. <laughs> For a very long time let's bring it up a little bit i'm like i'm on the intense wave so i'm riding it yeah i'm riding it so um you know creatives are always creating and always looking to the future and there's so many new mediums as technology comes into play 
you know, you see now how the way that you even express art through Instagram is is just a way that people can get to things. And now you have people experimenting with AR and VR. So like, do you see any new opportunities in your medium or like, is there something that you kind of want to take on that you've been thinking about technology wise that may be able to like frame something new for you to create? Yeah. Um, I love sound and music. Mm. And I think that's another part of, and some, it's, a, it's a part of my process. It's more of like a, it's more of like a kind of inspiration, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the inspiration piece in my process where whether I'm listening to music as I create or whether I'm like jamming out on my guitar with a friend. Yeah. It's like really rejuvenating and inspiring for me. But I also think to uh, experiment with how sound interacts with visual work mm. and how like spoken word style poetry interacts with visual work and like sharing that on Instagram. It's I think that kind of like technology and media is like a little easier for I don't want to say easier but it's more readily readily available to use and reach people to take in so yeah. have like a little snippet of, of, of sound or audio um, along with the other work is something I want to explore dope dope yeah. dope yeah. I love it um hmm did we start with that? huh? nothing <laughs> Um, <laughs> so we're actually going to freestyle a little bit of this. <laughs> um, so we're going to go into our quick fire round. I actually have a couple more questions that I'm going to ask you. But, um, you know, we like to talk about, you know, we all live in D.C. and you're a native of the DMV. So what is one thing that you love about D.C.? One thing that you hate about D.C.? Hmm. Hmm, that's a good question. What do I love about D.C.? D.C. It feels, I love city environments, so I love the ability to walk and kind of explore different, starkly different neighborhoods. I think D.C. has some variety. Absolutely. I think, yeah, it has some variety. I think, um, and it's not too big. I like the kind of accessibility yeah. of yeah. D.C. It's a very accessible city, yeah. absolutely. Definitely. I, I would say that's one thing I love about D.C., yeah. What do you hate about D.C.? What do I hate? Oh, jeez. <laughs> um... I think um, hmm. Hmm. it's a tough one. That's a tough. I don't one. know if I have a hate. Fatima, have I asked you a love or love a hate for DC? Yeah. What was I, yours again? I can't remember what I said. I love about DC. There are definitely a lot of things I do love yeah. about DC. I think one of the things is that it's. I like walking. I kind of love the heat except for the days when it's really really humid. yeah i guess so yeah. yeah um <laughs> climate changes it i think one of the things that i don't like about dc is it's it's kind of polarizing in a lot of ways absolutely mm-hmm. and i think i talked about this and i think that's what you said about what yeah, you think is so it's polarizing. polarizing and there's some sort of a disconnect between artists in the creative scene and I can't I still I'm still trying to figure it out uh, and that's not to say that they're really dope artists here and you know there are people around who support you but it's it's kind of like the competitive of 
the competitive nature of the arts industry in New York without the opportunity or without the understanding even. Mm. Um, yeah. That's kind of weird. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> okay. I can see that. I yeah. can that. I can see that. I think, I feel like maybe DC, the communities that I'm aware of, they feel a little bit compartmentalized. Absolutely. Yeah. DC is kind of compartmentalized because there's a lot of amazing things happening, a lot of amazing creatives and artists, but, um, and I'm kind of new to the scene, so I don't yeah. want to speak on it too much just because I'm, I'm like, you're learning. Yeah. Cool, you know, but I th- yeah, I think the compartmentalization and not really knowing where things are happening. Yeah. Actually, actually that, that's, that's what it. you hate. Yeah, it's like, I don't really know. I mean, there's Instagram, obviously, but I don't always feel in tune with what's happening in the. You know what? I, I I'll add that to like my love and hate list. I love the variety. I think that DC is like great for like the balance that you're trying mm-hmm. to achieve. I love going from like this downtown K Street life to having to go to Southeast and work in the schools. Yeah. Like having that balance of seeing both sides of DC at all yeah. times and then have to go over to Georgetown like shop or some shit. Like yeah. it's yeah. totally different, right? Yeah. But Georgetown. <laughs> right. But at the same time, like what I do hate is that it's so compartmentalized to where like I don't feel comfortable on every side of town, mm-hmm. you know? I feel most comfortable in Southeast, you know, where yeah. I, I feel like on K Street or in other sides of town where I'm just trying to experience the variety of the city, I do feel a very, like, maybe it's not for me or I'm trying to fit into a space. Yeah, I think that's sort of what it feels like yeah. in some yeah. of the spaces. And then finding the space for yourself where you're most comfortable, like you said, are hard to find. It's yeah. like, you know, I want to go to a show or I just want to engage in some of the arts but it's like what Instagram account do I have to follow who do I have to know Mm -hmm. what text group do I have to be in and like find these things yeah Yeah, I think you actually have to experience it in order to figure out what's actually going on I think so too you have to have an in yeah you have to have have an in yeah um yeah like when did DC get so like top tier that you have to have an in? Know somebody who's like know somebody who knows somebody or working at an event in order to kind of yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. and you know what I'll even give this take. It's interesting that you see like so many of the artists on Instagram. You see like a lot of this congregation and stuff, but it's like I still feel like where is this going on or where are these yeah. people? I feel you're still on the back end of when the thing happened. Right. And now you're still now you had the you missed out. Yeah. No. After it happened. So that's what I hate about DC. Here's a good question. This has become my favorite quick fire question recently. What recent purchase have you made that has been that is in, uh, influential in your life? <laughs> of all, it doesn't have to be expensive. It could be very small. It doesn't yeah. matter. Mm-hmm. That water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> no, the water bottle is not recent. So <laughs> oh yeah, this one is good. Um, CBD, CB, a CBD uh, tincture. Oh yeah. That has. Tell me about your CBD experience. It's been life changing. I, um, so I have pretty high anxiety um, and it helps me a lot yeah. to kind of just slow my brain down. Um, mm. And also like I feel anxiety physically too. Um, and CBD I think just takes everything down a notch and yeah. kind of just uh, helps with um, clearing my mind clearing your in mind. a way. So I was taking it, I bought it like maybe a month and a half ago. And for the month and a half, I was taking it at least twice a day. Like I would take it midday if I needed it. But yeah, just like taking it in a dropper. Yeah, and I I recognize it working 
um, well over that course of time. Whereas previous, I tried it. I tried CBD previously, but it was like sporadic. Yeah. To take it consistently. Interesting. I'm actually out. I actually need more. So. So I've. Um, I, I hate saying like experimented, but. But like I um at Funk Parade, like I bought like a CBD tea. And like I would have like a glass of like CBD tea. I, I actually like CBD iced tea. I was like throwing a swag on it. <laughs> All right, but like I did feel like the the calmness that, and I'm a avid weed smoker, so <laughs> so you know things that I used to use weed for. I do feel the difference in using CBD in terms of like I'm trying to alleviate this anxiety, but the calm that I felt from drinking the CBD tea. Was a, was different in like a smoothness and not like a I'm losing yeah. control in a way. Exactly. I think that's tr- I've only ever taken it before bed. Okay. And sometimes I'll take melatonin, but CBD when I wake up it doesn't make me feel groggy and my body just feels like physically I feel very exactly, relaxed. Yeah. Um, but I've never tried taking it during the day. I didn't have any issues during the day. Mm. And remember, I told you I have a funny story. <laughs> Actually, a CBD experience. Because Moss and I, we used to have a studio in Brookland. Um, it was just him and I. We rented, like, subleased this place for three months. Yeah. And there was a taco shop, like, right up the corner that would sell, like, CBD lemonade drinks or whatever. So yeah. I go in one morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I go in one I morning. I know exactly what you're talking about because I live in Brooklyn. Okay, Fox yeah. Shot Taco, like, yeah. right there. So um, I go in to grab the drink and, like, I'm like, oh, I don't want tea. I don't want the mango juice. I'm just going to drink this. I'm going to try this today. Moss, I start drinking it. Moss comes in like 30 minutes later. And like, I'm, I've been by myself. I've been listening to music and I start talking to Moss. And he's like, yo, you all right, dog? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man, it's good. What's up? Good morning. He was like, yo, like, you hit one before you came in? <laughs> I was like, nah, but I think it's the CBD tea. So then I pass it to him and he like has some. But then he's like, 15 minutes later, like, we're both sitting there. He's like, yo. <laughs> He felt it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> so um, that that was before the tea. So that that was like my, my first experience. So I was like, I don't think I can do this during the day. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but then the tea became a night thing. I, so. I wouldn't imagine it to have that sort of an effect. No. I, funny enough, yeah. I mean, I, I'm an avid coffee drinker. I mean, I usually like things that kind of bring me bring up. up but yeah. I don't, yeah, CBD is, is a good balance for me. Interesting. I actually like CBD with coffee. Mm, I've like heard of CBD that before. Is there such a thing as CBD coffee? Can, There's got to yeah, be, right? Yeah, you can put it in your coffee. So, I, uh... <laughs> 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 All right, bet. So, um, last question for you. Um, we're all content creators and content enthusiasts. Yeah. What is uh, some recent content, whether it be a movie, TV show, music, book, that you would recommend to our audience? Mm. That's a good one. The show Euphoria. Ah, we just oh, finished it. Yeah. Yeah, that was so well done, so raw. No. Uh, I think we were talking about authentic expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it was just a really well done, authentic expression. It's an intense show. Intense. Absolutely. Very intense. We were talking about it yesterday. We were. Um, I actually had to rewatch the episode again last night. Um, just like, I want to make sure I got like everything that I was supposed to take in from this. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was it was a good show, you know. I love when like a good summer show like comes around and it's like, you know, I can check this out. So I haven't watched the last episode yet. Oh, you haven't? No, oh. I started it and then, yep, I didn't finish it. Yeah. That's, I think the last episode is the most intense. That's what I hear. Yeah, that's definitely the I'm most intense. Watching it tonight. The entire show. Yeah, but so 
How about you, Fatima? Do you have a content recommendation this week? Um, why don't you go first? I'll think about it. All right. You know, I always have the pop culture uh, reference. So I've been digging Drake's Care Package compilation that he just dropped. Yo. <laughs> I, see, I don't know why there's like a little bit of, I don't know, people kind of, people love, hate Drake. I'm I, a love, hate Drake guy to the core. Really? <laughs> yeah. I was a fan, but early days. So a, that I, that's a, no. I'm in support of the complaint. Talking about, all right, I'm going to get real Drake fan for you for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I go back and forth with the love-hate for Drake definitely today versus, like, the past. But, like, I like the care package compilation that he put out because when you're thinking about, like, retrospective and introspective in the spaces that you were in when those songs mm-hmm. came out, like, 09, like, 2010, it's like, yo, like, Drake was really, like, speaking, like, some things that you were going to. Mm-hmm. And then... In retrospect, looking at the time you went through and now, like, kind of how you grow from that, it's like, ah, the bars actually hit a little bit harder. Yeah. So. I was thinking about that. I was like, was, was I 13 jamming out to this? I get left wow. too? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, Girls Love Beyonce was my joint, 4 p.m. in uh, Calabasas. Yeah. Like, so. As a youngin, just like. The feels. I didn't realize that. <laughs> and now I'm like, yes, it definitely resonates. I'm like, 12, 13? All right, cool. It's crazy that you were 12, 13 because I was definitely like 20, 21. Really? Yeah. Wait. I'm 30. Okay. Wow. I didn't even. Yeah. I didn't know you were uh, yeah, yeah. not young either. <laughs> you look great. Yeah, you look good. 20 is still pretty young, but not. It's interesting yeah, to think about where you were when those songs came Yeah, out. you're in college. Like, I understand high school, but Drake hit different in college. Oh, I can imagine. Drake imagine. hit way big different in college. But Jordan, it's been a pleasure. This has been a dope conversation. Yes. I think this is in the top five of activated episodes. Amazing. And Thank I know I'm on Moss is tight that he missed out on this one. So. Oh, we were supposed to FaceTime him in. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sure he's like all over the live right yeah. now. Like, yeah. Sorry, Moss. Whoops. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me on. It's been amazing. It's been an amazing experience. Well, thank you. you. This has been your boy, OG Baca, a.k.a. The Hair Naughty Got Body. Fatima, did you get a uh, nickname yet? No, I'm still Fati. (laughs) (laughs) All right, and this has been Jordan Labby, uh, and this has been Activated Future Content. We'll catch y'all next week.